Come, you joyful to share your gladness, you heavy-hearted to share your burden, you full-hearted to share your love, you weary to receive refreshment, you thankful to share your pleasure, you anxious to receive peace. Come, let this hour stoke the embers of our hearts and unleash the streams of our spirits. Come, let us worship together. The words of Chloe Corin. Good morning. I'm Angela Herrera, the senior minister here at First Unitarian, and I'm joined this morning by our intern minister, Matt Pargeter Villarreal, by lay leader Kristen Satterley, and tech arts director Chris Paul. Our volunteer DJ is Arnie Gullerud, and Gabriel Longuinos and Shay Perry are our musicians. Our associate minister, Bob Lavalley, prepared the time for all ages this morning, and Cheryl and Raymond round out our team as volunteer ushers. It takes a lot of people to lead worship, and we're so glad to be with you this morning and to be together. If you are a new visitor, maybe here for the first or second time, and you feel comfortable, we invite you to put your name and location in the chat box so that we can extend a personal welcome to you there. And now Kristen has an announcement to share. Good morning. First Unitarian will hold its annual meeting on Sunday, January 30th at 2 p.m. on Zoom using the Sunday worship link. So this exact link. If you have questions about the budget or the strategic plan, you are encouraged to come to a town hall today at 2 p.m. at, again, the same Zoom link. Also, please watch the broadsheet for information about a special Zoom session to learn about the change for the future organizations that we'll be choosing for next year at the annual meeting. You are invited to a four-part series focused on deepening our understanding of the major principles and benefits of embodied practices, including improvisation and play and their role in creating connectivity, safety, and spaciousness in our individual and collective nervous system. Our hope is to explore body-based practices that offer a more grounded, playful, and bottom-up approach to our work and community. All bodies are welcome. For more information, contact Reverend Bob or check the First Unitarian website under Adult Religious Education. And now, if you have a chalice or candle set up, please join Angela in lighting them with these words from Amy Lloyd. Today, I want to greet joy without a trace of suspicion. I want to open my eyes to the light without a blink of dread.
in my dog and could you please join me in the children's affirmation we are Unitarians Universalists people of faith with open minds loving hearts and helping hands let's pause the chat for a few moments during the meditation and prayer One does not discover new territory without consenting to lose sight of the shore for a very long time. One does not discover new territory without consenting to lose sight of the shore for a very long time. These words by the French author André Gide are a personal motto of mine and one that I find myself coming back to often, especially during the uncertainty of these pandemic times. As easy as it can be to dwell in feelings of being adrift and to remain uncertain that land will ever return to being in sight, it is through the most insurmountable of odds and circumstances that we can be opened up to hope and possibility that can take our lives and our work in new and unexpected directions that can be for the better. I invite you now during this time of meditation to find a comfortable spot at a comfortable position if you haven't already. And I will bring us into this time of meditation with the words of the Reverend Samuel Trumbore. Great possibilities await us, even if all we can see is the cliff before us. The grandeur of life of which we are a part scatters rainbows in every direction, even as the deluge approaches. Holding reality and possibility together is the holy, hope-filled work of humanity. May we carry these words with us and hold them in our hearts as we observe this moment of sacred silence together.
This community is made of love. It is you and you and you and me, but more importantly, it is what lies between and among us. It is love and care and the joy of being together, even in a virtual space like this one. Sharing our joys and concerns, being generous and vulnerable with one another, strengthens that love, magnifies that joy, and allows us to lighten one another's burdens. Come now and share your delights and sorrows. If you cannot share in the chat for any reason, we would still love to know what's on your heart. Please contact us at caring at uuabq.org. Al respirar, respiro paz. Al exhalar, exhalo amor. Respirar, respiro paz al exhalar, exhalo amor al respirar, respiro paz al exhalar, exhalo amor al respirar, respirar, respiro paz. Exhalar, exhalar, exhalo amor al respirar, respirar, respiro paz al exhalar, exhalar, exhalo amor al respirar, respiro paz al exhalar, exhalo. Respirar, respiro paz al exhalar, exhalo amor al respirar, respiro paz al exhalar, exhalo amor al respirar, respiro Exhalar, exhalo amor. Great spirit of life and love, 
known by many names and no name of all. In the midst of the ups and downs of this crazy roller coaster we are on called life, you are present with us in all of these moments that we encounter on our journey. And in our moments of uncertainty, we reach out to you for strength, for healing, and for guidance along the way. <clears throat> we take time to celebrate and appreciate all of the joys that come our way. Things like friendship, connection, reading, hiking with friends. We also celebrate church member Sarah Wofford, who is recovering well from recent gender confirmation surgery. And we lift up all of those for whom and for which we are concerned about. We especially remember Michelle Bloodworth and her family as they mourn the loss of her nephew who died recently in Germany. We also remember Will Rankin and his family as Will was recently admitted for urgent surgery on Friday. And we also remember as people who draw inspiration from the words and deeds of prophetic people throughout history, we mourn the passing of Thich Nhat Hanh, an advocate for peace, mindfulness, and the awareness of our interconnectedness to the natural world. For all of those affected by the COVID pandemic and the Omicron variant, may they be kept safe and healthy. For those affected by catastrophic weather, especially those on the east coast of the United States and on the island nation of Tonga, may all those be kept safe and sheltered and warm. For all of these, and for all of the joys and concerns that remain kept silently in our hearts, we lift them up to the great powers of healing and renewal known by many names. May you continue to guide us along a journey of circumstances and consequences, whether they are <clears throat> intended or not, and to bring us to the promise and the brilliance of our full potential on this earth. May it ever continue to be so. Amen and blessed be and peace be with you.
our reading this morning is I Will Not Die an Unlived Life by Donna Markova. I will not die an unlived life. I will not live in fear of falling or catching fire. I choose to inhabit my days, to allow my living to open me, to make me less afraid, more accessible, to loosen my heart until it becomes a wing, a torch, a promise. I choose to risk my significance, to live so that which came to me as seed goes to the next as blossom, and that which came to me as blossom goes on as fruit. Unintended consequences. You never know what's gonna happen in life. That's one of the interesting things about it, yeah? So I've been asking around lately about people's favorite stories on this theme. And Reverend Bob told me a story from the time when he was an ice cream truck driver. He says, back when I was driving ice cream trucks on Cape Cod and helping to run the business, my family came to visit, including my younger sister Toots. I received this story by email. And when I read it, I thought that the younger sister's name was Toots, which is what it sounded like to me until I was rehearsing the sermon out loud. And the person I was rehearsing in front of told me that Toots is a name and Toots is not a name. But everyone, please tease Reverend Bob about being an ice cream truck driver with a sister named Toots and extra points if you come up with a pun about his apparent calling to work on Sundays. Anyway, he continues. Toots was spending a college summer at home in Buffalo working for AAA. We had just fired our Hyannis driver, so seeing an opportunity, we offered the gig to Toots while she was visiting. She took the job and slept on my couch for the rest of the summer. She loved Cape Cod, came back the following summer, and ended up marrying a pilot for Cape Airlines. They have three kids and live in Hyannis, all because we fired our Hyannis driver. So one event set another one in motion, unintended, but good. Another person told me a story about being a college student on a pre-med track with every intention of becoming a doctor when she took a class on fantasy literature and fell in love with that and switched to English lit and chose poetry over medicine. Unintended consequences. One of my favorite personal stories comes from a time when my kids were really little way back in 1999. Now, anybody remember 1999? There was a really big fear of unintended consequences that year. Y2K, would computers crash and take the economy with it at midnight on New Year's Eve? That turned out to not be a very big deal for the average person in the end when all was said and done. My story happened a few months before that. I was a stay-at-home mom back then and my three-year-old daughter and I were playing with her baby brother. He was probably like four or five months old. So he was at that age where they imitate faces you make and like noises you make. And that's really cute. They smile and giggle. So we were teaching him all kinds of faces and sounds. And one of us got the idea of teaching him to growl. Rawr, we said. Rawr, the baby replied. It was so freaking cute. And after that, we spent the day doing little kid things, you know, like asking questions and pointing at bugs with sticks and 
eating snacks with dip. Toddlers love dip. So it's all very sweet and also a little bit exhausting, especially all the questions they ask. So it was a relief when my spouse got home from work that evening and was ready to enjoy some time with the kids and took over for a little bit. I was in my own world and I had forgotten all about the morning when I suddenly heard him yell from the back of the house. And I rushed over to see what had happened. And I found my spouse leaning over our son midway through a diaper change. And with a startled look on his face, he said, did you teach the baby to growl? <laughs> the way he described it, he'd been talking to the baby who was cooing and babbling back when all of a sudden out of nowhere, he went rawr, like he was possessed, scared the absolute bejesus out of his dad. And that's the only time I'm gonna mention Jesus in this sermon, by the way. Sometimes unintended consequences are good. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes the bad ones are hilarious. There's a story from the Taoist tradition about unintended consequences and our tendency to call them bad or good. Our minister emerita, Christine Robinson, used to tell it from time to time. So I asked her for it so I could share it with you again today. Many of you will remember it, but because life is so unexpected and we live in such uncertain times, it is definitely a story that bears repeating. So I invite you to get comfy. Once upon a time, there was a Chinese farmer who had a horse and a little land and a family to feed. He was poor, but they had enough. He had his oldest son to help out with the work and he had a horse. So he managed fairly as long as most things went fairly well. Now, this story is going to be a lot more fun if you help me tell it. And since we're on Zoom, you may enjoy it even more if you get into gallery view so that you can see everybody. And I'll tell you what to do when we get to that part. So one day, somebody left the barn door open. And the horse, the horse which was their only means of running the pump, of plowing the field, or riding to town, ran away. And when news of this event got out, the neighbors came over to commiserate. Oh, how awful that your horse ran away, they said. How will you manage? What will you do? But the farmer was a fairly philosophical person. He answered his neighbors, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, who knows? So this is the important line and you can help by repeating it, saying it with me, ready? Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, who knows? Well, lo and behold, the next day the horse came back from the forest with several wild mares in tow, and this made for quite a bounty. And when news of this miracle came about, the neighbors all came around to see all those new horses and to congratulate the farmer. But being philosophical, the farmer said, ready? Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, who knows? The next day, the farmer's only son went out to corral and to try to break in the new horses, train them a little bit, teach them to use a bridle. And one of the horses kicked the boy and broke his leg. The neighbors all came around offering food and commiseration, but all the farmer would say was, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, who knows? And the neighbors went away, shaking their heads. Well, a week later, 
war broke out in the empire and the emperor's soldiers came looking for conscripts. And of course they passed up the farmer's son with the broken leg, but all the other young men in the village were forced to go and maybe for some of them to never return. After the soldiers had left town, the neighbors crept over to the farmer's house to congratulate him on his luck. But the farmer once more said, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, who knows? And this story could go on forever, but you get the idea. The story comes from the Taoist tradition, but its wisdom is the wisdom of all the world's traditions that we should accept what we can't change, let it go and move on to whatever will come next. Remembering that it's hard to know what good things will come out of hard changes and what unintended consequences will attend even the most wonderful ones. In reality, it would be weird to be completely neutral about the things that impact us, right? Like, it's okay to not like losing your horse. It's natural to experience positive and negative feelings. But keeping in mind, especially the possibility that what seems negative can bring about good, that's a perspective that helps us stay centered and opens up possibilities in life. One area where this is especially useful is when it comes to interpersonal relationships and those inevitable moments when we are informed that our impact on another person is not what we intended. You know what I mean? When somebody that we're interacting with lets us know that we've hurt or offended them and we get that no, 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 no feeling. And then you wanna explain that you didn't intend any harm, but the more you explain yourself, the worse the conversation gets. One of the contexts in which this often comes up is when it has to do with racism and other oppressions, which we can perpetuate at each other without meaning to. The anti-racism trainer Robin D'Angelo says that she sees this happen all the time in the trainings she leads. We'll recognize it from our own lives too. Organizations hire her to come in and to do anti-racism training with their staffs a lot of the time. And often the companies are looking to diversify and they hope those trainings will help. But in group discussions at the trainings, things get tricky. And the pattern goes something like this. A white person in the group makes a comment that is racially insensitive. They may not mean to do it and they may not know what was wrong with the comment. I mean, sometimes the problem with the words has to do with a larger context or a history of racism, which they may be unaware. And when D'Angelo gives them feedback about what was problematic, they become upset. They say she misunderstood them. or They say they feel attacked. Often they'll present evidence that they can't possibly be racist, such as having marched in protests or worked or lived in a diverse context or being poor or having studied racism before or having friends who are people of color or having experienced some other kind of oppression in their lives such as gender oppression. D'Angelo says that when confronted about racism, the people often become angry, anxious or withdraw. They might cry or accuse her of being the racist one or of making them feel guilty. And they'll say things like, I guess I can't do anything right then. I'm just gonna stop talking. You know that saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. These kinds of conversations can really be hell, can't they? No matter which side of them you find yourself on. 
And it applies to other stuff beyond racism too, like other issues of welcome and equity and inclusion. Whoever you are, being informed that your impact was offensive or hurtful to a person who is different, maybe a person who's transgender or who has a disability or who is very young or very old or who makes less money than you, anything, it can make you have a terrible feeling when that's not what you intended. While we don't want to be hurtful, when we receive that feedback and it feels so uncomfortable, consider maybe that's good. Like that feeling, that uncomfortable feeling is reminding us of what's important to us. Connection, community. What feels bad is being out of sync with that, yeah? A couple of weeks ago, I preached about intention and about how if we are clear about the difference between intentions and outcomes, we'll be more adaptable and we will live better lives. The same is true with these conversations. If the outcome, harm or offense, is not what we were aiming for, rather than defending the outcome, a better approach is to acknowledge it, accept it, in this case, perhaps with an apology, and then go back to that deeper intention of connection and community. It does take some humility to do that. In his sermon last week, former ice cream truck driver, Bob Lavalley, talked about the deep dive we're gonna be doing this year into diversity and welcoming, into anti-oppression and anti-racism here at First Unitarian. The goal is really nothing short of a radical transformation, cultural, institutional, spiritual. His sermon contained a lot of insight and wisdom. And if you missed it, I really encourage you to go to the church website and uh, you can watch the video of it there. Totally worth it. There will probably be some unintended outcomes along the way, like good, bad, and who knows, you know? But how we respond to each step with adaptation or deeper intention or growling, how we choose to respond, that's what'll shape the next thing that happens. As Bob put it, how we do this work is as important as what we do. How we do it is as important as what we do. Maybe even more important, he said, it's relational. And he encouraged us to be open to being surprised. May it be so. This community is our community. Its energy and resources are our energy and resources. We continually share its wealth. As we contribute to the strength of this community, we affirm our lives within it. Our Change for the Future recipient this month is Encuentro, an organization dedicating to empowering Latinx immigrant families by providing them with educational and career opportunities. Encuentro is seeding a future for the land of enchantment in which all our people can claim the innate right to live with dignity and contribute to the common good. You can make an offering online by clicking on the link in the chat box. If you prefer not to give online, you can simply mail a check to the church. Be sure to write change for the future on the memo line if that's where you'd like your offering to go.
Thank you for joining us today for our service. If you would like to stick around and chat with a few of your fellow sibling congregants, and we would love it if you would, please stay on after the ending credits and you'll be placed into a breakout room. If you're having trouble accessing one of our breakout rooms, please let us know and we will help you out. And if you are looking to join the breakout room with our board, please also let us know and we can help you get into that breakout room. To get the conversation started, here is a discussion question to consider. How do we maintain momentum in the face of unintended consequences that may come our way? How do we maintain momentum in the face of unintended consequences that may come our way? And before we go, I'd like to go ahead and invite you to navigate yourselves to gallery view. 
look at all of the wonderful smiling faces staring back at you. And let us participate in our Pachim greeting. Place one hand on your heart, extend the other out, make eye contact with those in the gallery as is comfortable for you to do so. Let us enjoy this moment of connection together. And now, as we extinguish our chalices, go in peace, friends, and may love bless you and keep you until we're gathered again. Blessed be.